Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Check all my workout at trib.com. Uh, just got back from Albuquerque as Wyoming enters an open date coming off a 27-14 road win at New Mexico. Robert Gagliardi, uh, what do you think of that performance by the Pokes? Well, I wasn't overly impressed with the performance of the Pokes in the first quarter. Um, watching that, I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, they're going to get they're going to get run out of here. And uh, but boy, Ryan, after that, they they just kind of you know found themselves, gathered themselves, whatever they did, and you know really played a pretty sound football game. I thought the defense, you know, missing some key guys, really, I you really played well. I know New Mexico certainly not an offensive juggernaut by any stretch, but. Uh, contain them and, and the offense, you know, did enough. It was nice to see Andrew Peasley, you know, connect on a couple of long throws to, to train Welch for touchdowns. You know, this isn't air air Cowboys or the air raid offense or anything, but it was nice to see that. Uh, we'd like seeing the offense sustain it a little bit better and, and maybe put that away a little sooner, but, uh, but Hey, you know, you're on the road, you get down 14, nothing. And you know, the way Wyoming's been this year, Ryan, 14 points, Maybe to some teams isn't much, but I'm like, this is almost like three or four scores just based on Wyoming's offense that we've seen. And they didn't lose their composure. They plugged away, you know, chipped away and scored the last 27. So, you know, some things to still be concerned about, obviously. But, man, to go on the road and get that one when, you know, I think we all kind of felt they really needed to get this, not just to, you know, snap the losing streak, but to, you know, keep in the in the mountain, in the divisional race even full eligible eligibility stuff it just felt like Wyoming needed to get that one and despite a slow start I was very impressed with well pretty impressed with the last three quarters yeah absolutely I mean I don't think there's such a thing as an ugly road win in college football I mean you see it all the time I mean how how much would Fresno State give to have a win over UConn on the road right now even if it was by one point so I think number one is this is a young team that needed a road win. It was their first of the year. Uh, they've played, you know, some tough road games at Illinois and BYU, obviously, um, where they were uncompetitive in week zero and very competitive in Provo. So they've been making strides. I think this is a, just a huge confidence booster for this team to fly home, knowing that you had a list of starting guys that were out with injury, you know, Cole Goodbow, I thought, was maybe, you know, obviously the key to the Air Force game, but maybe one of the keys to this game. He did not play. You have Gavin Meyer come in and really play an outstanding game. Uh, you had Rook Brown come in for Keontae Glinton at the nickel spot. You know, this is a guy that was so nervous at the Illinois game, he didn't even really know how to line up against those guys. Uh, when he got thrown in there when Glinton was cramping and he finishes with 10 tackles, uh, you had Jack Walsh subbing in for Emmanuel Pregnon on, on the offensive line. Uh, Emmanuel was out with an injury, and, and the list goes on. It was just a, a great team win where, you know, Peasley j did just enough in the passing game. You know, uh, the defense had that great turnaround after getting run over the first two drives, shutting New Mexico down the rest of the way, getting good uh sustained pressure on their quarterback, especially at the end, obviously, uh, when Cam Stone comes away with the pick six, you know, on that throw from their own goal line. And then special teams was just outstanding. One of the better special teams performances I've ever seen. I mean, it's hard to even recap all of the big plays on special teams. You had the 
muffed punt by New Mexico where uh, Wyoming's long snapper Carson York recovers the muff all the way down on the other end of the field. You had uh, a blocked field goal by Gavin Meyer. You had, you know, obviously John Hoyland doing what he does is makes every field goal unless it happens to hit the very top of the upright <laughs> one time. Um, and then Ryan Marquez, really a huge play to uh, get the Clayton Stewart punt, save it like a basketball player from going out of bounds. And it's down at the one yard line and New Mexico's offense already was up against it. They would have to score a touchdown to win the game there on that drive, but to do it, to go 99 yards, the way they were playing and the way Wyoming's defensive line was playing, that was game over. And Cam Stone, you know, comes up with the play to, to put the exclamation point on it. Uh, just overall a great team effort to get the win. Uh, absolutely. Ryan, I, I would agree. And, you know, I don't think anyone, you know, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure if there's such a thing as an ugly road win or look, a win's a win, you know, in college football, it, you know, where Wyoming is, it's not, they're not competing for style points in the polls right now. You know, a win's a win. And this team just needed a win rather badly after the last two games and, you know, back in the, you know, in the conference race and everything like that, an interdivision game, you know, guys are hurt. I mean, there were a lot of you kind of look at it, Ryan, there were a lot of excuses or a lot of factors you could point to for Wyoming not to win that game. You know, the, the poor start, the guys that, that they were missing, you know, the shaken confidence, you know, this and that, the young team, you know, adverse, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of things you could have pointed to and said, yeah, this team probably just isn't quite ready to take on those types of obstacles, but, but it did, you know, and you know, I, I got to agree with you on all your points, but man, I was just really impressed with the deep. We've seen Gavin Meyer play some good football for this team, but he, when he needed to step in for, for good bowl, I mean, he was, he was, he was outstanding, you know, and, and, and work Brown. I'm just kind of like, who's 23, <laughs> you know, I'm watching this game at TV. And again, I, you know, see the dip chart, see your stuff, but I'm like, you know, who's 23. And I'm just like, he was all over the place. And, you know, for a guy that like reading your stuff, Ryan, when it was so nervous for the Illinois game, didn't really, really know where to line up or maybe even know where he was at, so to speak. He looked like a veteran out there. You know, again, I know New Mexico is not the most diverse offense as Wyoming's going to see, but man, what a what a great story that was. And, you know, but some concerns, I mean, even in this game, you, you know, White Eckler goes down in the first play, the first defensive play for the Cowboys, and he's out, you know, Titus Swin goes in and out of the game um getting beat up um you know although this wasn't an injury you saw um Dewan McNeely fumble twice I see I don't know if you saw it on the TV screens or replays Ryan but after his second fumble in that game Craig Bull goes up to Gordy Howe and goes that's two you know so you know but look Wyoming got a win they had not played well against New Mexico the last couple times period you know road wins are road wins and you know, Wyoming's still in the thick of this thing. And and I'll be honest, I'm sure you talked to Coach Bull earlier today or spoke to you guys. A bye week couldn't come at a better time for this team right now. They could maybe use a couple based on what's been going on with them injury-wise and just maybe a lot of other things. But a bye week couldn't come a good time, and it's always better to go into bye week when you're when you're coming off a victory. Yeah, and it's it doesn't sound like Goodbow or Glenton will be back for homecoming on October 22nd. They're more long-term injuries, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like they're season-ending injuries. So, you know, they have this open date. You know, they play Utah State. They go to Hawaii. Then they have another open date. So there's a path where you could, you know, get guys back. Uh, you know, Wyatt Eckler is in the 
concussion protocol. So that's just how does he respond to that? He obviously doesn't have a game this week to worry about. So uh, hopefully he can be healthy again this season. Uh, and then the rest of them, they expect to be back. You know, Will Pellisier, we didn't mention, was not on the trip. You know, they expect him back for Utah State. They they expect Emmanuel Pregnon back in the offensive line uh, for Utah State. So uh, what that does is it, you know, it creates more depth on the offensive line. It creates confidence in, in uh, you know, you know, not only Meyer and and Brown, but other guys that have been playing more more snaps. So you're you're building this young team up, and uh, you know that next man, man up mentality. Now they've seen that in motion, and and maybe guys that haven't even played yet. You know, I asked Craig. You know, now that once you get down to like four games, three four games, are, are there any freshmen that you're redshirting that might have developed where they can help you out? And he doesn't want to give away any names, but that's a possibility where even more depth could be coming where you could throw some freshmen out there in circumstances or on special teams and, and continue to build that up. I think there's nothing better than winning a game and then having an open date and getting healthy and, and working on uh, some things you need to fix. Uh, I think the main thing they need to fix going forward is the red zone. They're one of the best red zone teams in the country as far as scoring every time they get in the red zone, but obviously the bulk of that is John Hoyland kicking field goals. So that's a th- something they're going to really look at, not just how do we score more touchdowns, but are we going to change our personnel in the red zone and maybe try some different things in the red zone? I think that's uh, that's something they need if they're going to finish this on a strong note these last five games. Yeah, you know, certainly, you know, plenty of things to work on. I'm sure they'll work on Utah State. I'm, I'm curious, Ryan. I, I remember when I covered the team always on a bye week, let me see if, you know, I don't know if Craig, you asked this or Craig addressed this in his pregame, but I'm sure they're going to practice this week. Um, they may not go real hard this week, but I'm sure they're going to practice. Probably going to work a lot on themselves on the Cowboys this week. And yeah, I'm sure there'll be some Utah State stuff, but it won't be as intense as if there was a game this week. Coaches will go on the road recruiting a lot, probably as early as Thursday night um, and then be out the weekend. They Players probably may get maybe get Saturday off, maybe get the weekend off, and then they come back and go back into their game game week routine. Is that – if I kind of got that square, has he changed much over the years, or is that pretty much the, the the itinerary for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, and the players actually had Monday off, which is when we're recording this. So, uh, you know, any of the – there's not going to be any heavy hitting at all yeah. this week. They might scrimmage, you know, with some of the younger players, the freshmen, that sort of thing. But it's mostly about um, watching film, tweaking things like the red zone, uh, making, uh, recalibrating some things is how Craig described it. You know, areas where they can improve, they're going to recalibrate and mostly getting guys healthy um, and fresh. Uh, Craig said coming out of halftime against San Jose State, there was no energy, no juice. Peasley comes out and is intercepted on the first play and they were kind of out of gas. And we kind of talked about that leading into that game, that that could be an issue coming off those physical games against Air Force and BYU. And it was. And as we've seen, San Jose State continues to be a very good team. So he was very concerned about summoning whatever was left in the tank and beating New Mexico. They did that. And now they can kind of exhale. And he's going to say the one and no thing every week which is fine. And, and the players are buying into that because they're young and they're listening to their coaches, 
But we don't have to say that. Let's face it, their last five games are a lot easier on paper than their many of their first seven games. So I would expect this team to finish strong and be in the mix uh, in the Mountain Division, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. But I guess I'm, I'm curious, Ryan. There's two things I would like to kind of get your take on through a little more than the halfway point going into this first bye week is, one, you know, we've talked all year. Look, Wyoming, I don't care who's the quarterback. They weren't, they're not going to throw the ball 40 times a game, and they're going to air it out. But if as, as now we're seven games in, where would you kind of put this passing game? How, what would you? Th- what do you think of Peasley so far? I mean, I, I thought it was great to get those longer pass plays to Welsh. There really wasn't, honestly, there wasn't much else in that in the passing game other than those two plays for the most part. But you know, we've seen some really good from Andrew Peasley and the passing game. Not just putting it all on him, but we've also seen some not so good things. What are you, what's your assessment on that on that side of the ball? Wyoming's passing game. How would you assess that right now? Well, I think if you were grading it normally, you would give it a C. Like you said, there's been some good and bad. It's been average, maybe even below average, but it, we're grading on a curve here. From what we've seen the past however many years since Josh Allen left, if you're grading on a curve, I would say it's it's a B. It's above average for what Wyoming has been doing, and there's a lot of room for growth. I don't think we've seen the best of Andrew Peasley yet. You know, as Craig noted even though he's an older player, he's never started a full season. He's been a spot starter or come in when a guy is struggling or injured. So he's he's never played seven physical games in a row like that. And, you know, he played through a hit pointer against New Mexico, gutted it out. Uh, you know, I think that connection with Trayton Welch certainly is, is becoming special. That first touchdown pass to Welch is one of the best passes you'll ever see. It was just a brilliant pass. And then he has some other passes that are that are off. So, you know, I think if he can keep that going with the tight ends, you know, they're on a touchdown streak. We saw Parker Christensen score against San Jose State. We've seen Welch now with four touchdowns. If you can, I, it seems to me like teams were kind of scheming to shut Josh Cobbs down after that Air Force game where he had a great game and Air Force kind of played him soft. So they've t- kind of taken Cobbs away, but now that the tight ends are rolling, maybe you get Cobbs going again, you know, get Bighorn healthy. Uh, you know, we've seen Wyatt Whelan do some some good things. He had, you know, one of the only real positive plays against San Jose State where Peasley hung a nice ball up there and he ran under it. So, you know, I think that's an area where, uh, you know, it's better than it's been, but it could be a lot better. Um, another area, we haven't seen the best of Titus Swin. We've seen... Swin grinding through a rib injury, grinding through uh, a tough ankle situation, it looked like to me the other night in New Mexico. He was tested for a concussion, did not have one in that game. We have not seen the best of Titus Swin, and, and Craig said that's partially where Titus can do more and the offensive line can can do more to help him. So, you know, if they can get that running game on track, that's only going to help Peasley. You know, and then one other thing I'll get your take on, and again, it's not just – this group because it all it all there's a lot of you know things that go into it but about Wyoming secondary I know a lot was made lost a lot you know you bring in a couple division one transfers to play corner you know some new guys at safety obviously you know Cam Stone with the pick six at the end there I I look Ryan and and all the credit to Cam I'm not taking anything away but look you and I could have probably returned that for a touchdown on the way that based on the pressure and based on the throw that was made and stuff but again no no you know Cam's probably been most consistent but you know that They've given up some plays and a lot of yards, Ryan. Now, is that 
granted, look, you get a good pass rush. That's probably throwing a lot of timing off. So I'm just not trying to not necessarily pick them. But what would you say that? Because to me, that's got to get shored up too. Because they're going to see some quarter. They're going to see some teams. that are going to be able to throw it on them. And I'm sure as teams look at on on tape, they're going to say, "No, we could throw on these guys if we can protect our quarterback." So, what's your take on that? And what in, in your eyes, what needs to change there, or does anything need to change? Yeah, I mean, Craig said basically, you know, it's encouraging, but New Mexico doesn't have the kind of dudes running routes that San Jose State has, mm-hmm. or that BYU has, or Tulsa, or even Illinois. So. I think he was very encouraged, though, with the pressure the defensive line was getting, especially without Goodbo. I mean, Gavin Meyer was in the backfield all night long. I mean, that's very encouraging. Jordan Bertinoli's never been on the injury report, but he's banged up. He's going to get healthy this week just by not slamming into other guys all week. So I think, are you sure people are going to be able to pass on Wyoming? I mean, I watched the Colorado State-Nevada game, and Wyoming plays Colorado State. Uh, they play Hawaii, who is terrible. Um, you know, I, I guess Fresno could, could have Hainer back, you know, obviously by then. But, you know, I don't know. They're going to play some bad teams like New Mexico, even worse teams than New Mexico. And they do have extra time to prepare for Utah State. And we all know that game will be circled by certain guys on both teams, including Wyoming's quarterback. So, um, you know, I think that's a work in progress, but you know, Cam Stone is a confident guy. I think that's growing exponentially now. Um, Ja'Cory Hawkins did have a nice pass breakup in that game as well. You know, New Mexico threw the kitchen sink at them those first two drives. They used three different quarterbacks. You know, they threw in some option. I think Craig said they threw in some plays that he had seen on Sam Houston State film years ago and that New Mexico had not used. So you got to like that. I mean, you don't like that Wyoming got hit in the mouth, but you like that the coaches and the players adjusted, didn't panic. And after those first two drives, the defense was lights out. New Mexico couldn't do anything, and it led to them firing their offensive coordinator, unfortunately for him. But, you know, they could have played another three quarters, and I think Wyoming is going to shut them down. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting, Ryan, going going forward. This You know, there's a lot for this team to play for. And you're right, you mentioned it last week where – it's not just bowl eligibility. That's important. I, I do think that's important. Maybe some don't care as much. I do know that's important in the program. But they're, you know, they're, they're you're more than halfway. You're going. You're getting into mid October. You're you're in the mix for this division title. You know, and that's, you know, I know a lot of people. Maybe maybe we're not included in this. There's a lot of people that didn't think Wyoming was going to be a factor in this division. Okay. Well, they are. At least as of now. Now that can obviously change in time. There's a lot of football left, but. Uh, it's going to be very curious moving forward to see what this team does and and, and really utilize how, see how it utilizes this bye week and uh, um, and plenty of time to kind of analyze and and, and go into the the stories within the stories with this Wyoming Utah State game. You know, I know that you know they play for the Bridger Rifle. I know you know they played a lot over the years, and then when obviously Utah State got back in the league, they're they're you know renewed the rivalry, so to speak. I have a hard time calling it that. But it's little things like this, and maybe maybe it's not so little, where you're basically, you know, the the, the tail of the two quarterbacks on both teams. Th- these are things that that help build rivalries, so to speak. So that ought to be a lot of fun to, to talk about and dive into as we get closer to this game. Yeah, like Cam Stone said after the game, uh, the Mountain West is shaky. Why not take care of our business and, and go get mm-hmm. that thing? So. Which is a good segue to speaking of shaky. I was one and five against the spread last week. You were three and three. You've pulled ahead of me by 
two full games now, Robert. Um, I'm not going to even read the record until I get closer to 500. But um, <laughs> just if you're listening to this, consider you know betting the opposite of whatever I say because I don't have a good handle on the spread. And I did say Wyoming would win, but I said 12-10 and New Mexico would cover. So, uh, you know, New Mexico had 14 after a couple minutes. Um, so let's quickly get into these games since Wyoming's not playing. We can blow through this and maybe talk about uh, some other things. Um, they're all Saturday games, five games. You know, Wyoming can sit back and watch these on the couch and, and enjoy. Uh, first one, they can watch um, their next opponent, Utah State, is a nine-and-a-half point favorite at Colorado State, 5 p.m. Saturday on CBS Sports Network. Rams coming off the first win of the the Jay Norvell era. I watched it, and my eyes did not bleed, but they thought about bleeding. It was just a ridiculously bad game. I I said there's no bad road wins. CSU tried to test that theory, but you saw the look on their face. They were pretty happy with themselves, and and they even tweeted about it. Their official count kind of trolling Nevada, even though they took their coach and all their players. CSU might have a little confidence going into this game, but so does Utah State. They beat Air Force in Logan. I'm going to take Utah State because I think they have an offense and a quarterback, maybe two quarterbacks, and Colorado State right now doesn't have much uh, of an offense and some freshman quarterbacks. So I think Utah State will cover, but um, that'll be an interesting one because they haven't been playing great until last week either. Yeah, now, did, did Utah State upset Air Force, or did they? They did. They did, okay, okay. They so, uh, you know, and that's that's the thing. Utah State, again, the defending champions of this division, well, defending conference champion, Ryan, and I just don't know. They're they're just a little bit schizophrenic to me a little bit, you know. Sometimes you think they're just, they're, they're gone, and then, you know, a, a very good win last week, so. You know, then I then, but CSU's just been an enigma to me, and they're still losing guys to the portal. You know, and you think, all right, it's their home, it's CSU's homecoming. I don't know if that means anything to players. I don't know if they even care about that stuff, but I think I'll go with Utah State with this one too, Ryan. I just don't, you know, I'm sure they're a little confident. Maybe they're trying to right their ship a little bit and feel like they can go on a little run here and see what happens. So I think I'll go with the Aggies because I think they're trying to, I think they're, yeah, after losing Bonner, I think they're kind of finding their way. So I think they're, I think they're going to cover that for Collins. Yeah, I mean, Lagos, you know, their their new quarterback, you know, he beat Oregon State coming in in relief of an injured Bonner in the bowl game. He looked okay at BYU. You know, he can run and pass. I, I just think they're going to score more than they're going to win by 10 or more because CSU is still a work in progress with their offensive line and their quarterback. And I don't see, you know, them scoring a couple defensive touchdowns like Nevada, you know, two of the worst turnovers I've ever seen. So uh, I'll go with the Aggies um, up the road or down the road in Fort Collins there. Uh, New Mexico, six-point favorite at New Mexico State. Kind of a a rivalry game, I guess. New Mexico, as we mentioned, fired their offensive coordinator after the Wyoming game. I'm going to try not to uh, let what I saw Saturday Night Live impact this. I think the Lobos will try to turn the page and and maybe Miles Kendrick can – make more hay against the Aggies than he did against Wyoming. But uh, 
I'll say they win by a touchdown. I'll take uh, the Lobos to cover. It's a, it's a rivalry game, and it maybe means more a little more to New Mexico State than New Mexico. I don't, I don't know. I just always got that sense um, when I was covering the league. You know, I think you know I don't think New Mexico State's that good, and you know maybe a changing coordinators maybe shakes things up. But I think I'm going to go with New Mexico State to cover this because I think they're really going to be jazzed up for this. Um, I I think New Mexico wins the game, but. They are very limited offensively. No matter who coordinates that offense, Ryan, and you saw it, I don't know really how much they can really do other than, you know, get creative in the run game as they as they kind of were in that on those first two drives against Wyoming. Um, so I think New Mexico wins, but I'm going to take the Aggies to cover that. Okay, two pretty good teams coming off losses. Air Force, you know, as we mentioned, lost at Utah State. UNLV was hammered at uh, San Jose State. Um you know, Brumfeld looked like he was in, he did get injured during the San Jose State game. Uh, Air Force is a nine and a half point favorite in Vegas. That leads me to believe maybe Vegas is factoring in Brumfeld may not be back or may not be a hundred percent. Brumfeld was really you know a great story and maybe an offensive player of the year candidate until that injury at San Jose State. Now I think Chevon Cordero might be in the mix for that. So uh, I'm going to take Air Force to cover. I just think UNLV's banged up at the wrong position, and I don't see Air Force losing a, a third Mountain West road game. I'm surprised they've lost two, but here they are. Yeah, you know, if, you know the whole Brumfeld thing is, is certainly a wild card. If he's healthy, uh, you know, maybe that's close. Maybe UNLV even wins. You know, I know Marcus Arroyo – Leading up to that San Jose game last week, Brian, they were mentioning his name as a, as a candidate for some of these open vacancies that are out there in college football, and maybe still is. I, you know, I wanted to find one game, but you're right. I think they're hurt. You know, he's hurt at the wrong position. I'm sure, Air Force is pretty is, is stinging a little bit. You know, maybe a lot over another division loss. Um, I just don't see. I think Air Force bounces back. I think we'll see a lot of Brad Roberts, and I do think we'll see a couple big pass plays, kind of typical Air Force. So I think Air Force covers that as well. All right, uh, San Jose State, you know, really in control of the West Division right now with that win over UNLV and and given Fresno how they're playing right now, San Diego State how they're playing offensively right now. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Fresno State. Um, You know, I'm going to take the Spartans. I'm going to ride the Spartans the rest of the year. I think they're good. I'm the only person in the uh, Associated Press top 25 poll that voted for them i put them 25 i thought they deserved it and now uh, i have a couple more spartan followers so uh i'm gonna roll with the spartans uh i I was just super impressed seeing them live you know before the game i was walking to the elevator and and they were coming out of the locker room to warm up and i was like whoa there are (laughs) some big guys on this team wyoming better bring it tonight and obviously we talked about Wyoming and the, the lack of energy that night and, and San Jose State. You have to be ready to play to beat them. And given how good their def- defensive line is and, and how Fresno State is struggling offensively without Jake Hayner, I like the Spartans to cover. I I don't – do you know – is, is Hayner expected to play? I know we're early in the week when we're recording this, so maybe, you know, but is he – is he expected to be gone for at least a couple more weeks, or do, do we know any kind of status with him, or do you by chance? I don't. Uh, I just know it's a high ankle sprain, and you just right. never know. You don't want to rush it back, or he's going to re-injure it. So, right. I think we're at the timetable where maybe now he's more questionable than doubtful, but 
you know, even if he plays, if he's not, you know, if he's not able to move away from some of these defensive linemen, that could be trouble. So that could be big trouble. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with this, right? Cause I, I like San Jose right now, you know, not just what they did. They dismantled UNLV and I know, you know, Broomfield, Broomfield gets out, but they were, I'm impressed. They may be the best team in that division. They may be the best team in this league right now. Um, but man, I don't know. There's still something about Fresno that uh, you know that, that it's in Fresno, and and basically the home team's a, basically a seven point underdog and a rivalry game at bet. And that I think maybe San Jose wins. I'm I'm taking Fresno on the points at home, though. All right, and finally uh, Nevada minus six at Hawaii. The fact that Nevada's favored over anyone is insane to me after watching that game against Colorado State. I did not see the Hawaii-San Diego State game, but Hawaii hung in there against San Diego State, lost a close one, obviously low scoring because San Diego State was involved. Uh, I'm going to take the Rainbow Warriors to cover, and I'd be surprised if they don't win. I mean, they need to find a way to win a Mountain West game, and and this is probably their best shot. So I'm going to go with the Warriors to cover, and hopefully um, uh, Timmy can get his first win, but – you know, Nevada just I'm I'm done with Nevada. You know, they did Nevada got off to that or decent start to the season, won a couple of games. Not that you thought that, oh, they're gonna win the division or anything, but then it's just it's just tanked on them. And I don't know if they've still found a quarterback. I know they got a good running back still. There's yeah. I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm with you, Ryan. I don't know. If I wish we could just skip this one, but no. I'll go with Hawaii. I think maybe they're starting to get a few things figured out. I'll go with Hawaii to cover this one as well. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, I am going to skip it on Saturday, even though I don't have a football game to cover. I'm not going to watch that game, whatever channel it's on. That's just (laughs) dreadful. Uh, We have a couple minutes left here, Robert. Um, Did you check out the basketball scrimmage in Cheyenne? And what did you think? I did. I went over there and uh, checked it out and, um, I really liked what I saw. It was a little concerning because Hunter Maldonado didn't scrimmage and he was, you know, I saw him on the side and looked like there was an arm or shoulder. And I talked to Jeff Linder. I introduced myself to him and said that he popped his shoulder in practice a couple of days before or day before. He said he's going to be fine. Didn't seem very concerned about it, but that just didn't, didn't like to hear that. But man, I liked, I liked a lot what I saw. I liked, um, you know, I, I, I liked a lot, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, that the transfers now that the UCLA transfer didn't uh, do much. He went through drills, but he didn't go through the scrimmage. I know he's a little banged up, but again, nothing concerning. But the the point guard from UCLA, but the forward, he really impressed me in the scrimmage, you know. And again, it's just it's just a scrimmage, but um, they all did. You know, Hunter Thompson showed some good things. You know, there's there's some depth there, Ryan. You know, I, Jeremiah Odom looked looked good. Um, you know, I, this team can do a lot of things. They went big at times. They they played small at times. This is a very versatile team. And obviously, without Maldonado in there, but we all know what what Hunter what Maldonado Maldo can do. Ek, you know, is just Ek. You know, and I think I don't want to say he was going through the motions, but I think he he looked great at times. And other times, I to me, and again, not being he looked maybe a little disinterested too. But but even Jeff said, goes, we need to play somebody else. You know, they're going to have a couple of those closed private scrimmages here in the next couple of weeks against a couple different teams. Um, I liked what I saw. I think this could be a very fun basketball season for, for Wyoming fans. And, you know, 
this team can beat I to me this team can beat you in a lot of different or they can play a lot of different ways I don't know if they beat you but they can play a lot of different ways and I was very impressed this is this this could be a very fun basketball season yeah, the uh, Wyoming is having their media day on Wednesday. The uh, Mountain West is having a uh, virtual media day where you can uh, zoom in and, and get, you know, a coach and players from all the teams. That means the uh, preseason awards will come out. I would expect the preseason Mountain West player of the year to be either Matt Bradley of San Diego State or Graham E.K. of Wyoming. Um, I submitted my ballot today and – I'll reveal, uh, since you listeners have uh, hung in there, my first team all-conference preseason vote was uh, E.K., Bradley, Isaiah Stevens, guard Colorado State, Hunter Maldonado, Wyoming, and Jamal Mashburn, Jr., New Mexico, was my preseason. Um, there's a lot of good Mountain West players this year, though. I didn't have Dagenhart on there. I think he's a really good player. Uh, you know, there, This is going to be a good race. I would expect – San Diego State to be picked to win it and Wyoming number two. And then I think number three is up in the air between Boise State and Colorado State and uh, maybe even New Mexico. I mean, this is going to be a good race. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, it was a really good turnout for a, you know, a noon scrimmage in Cheyenne on a, on a really nice fall afternoon when there's a lot of things people could have been doing. There was, you know, a few hundred people there and, uh, uh, this is going to be a good mountain mountain West basketball's back. And I think we're finally back Ryan. you know, where that one year in what 2004, they sent like five teams and it was the perfect storm to get five teams to go to the NCAA tournament. Not that that was ever going to be the norm, but there was a lot of years there where it was pretty thin where, you know, you got your automatic qualifier. Well, to me, I think this league is now back established to be a multiple bid league. You know, granted they got to still perform on the court. They can't just show up and, and lose games, you know what I mean? But I think the talent level's there. I think the consistency is across the board, even from top to bottom, you know, Mountain West basketball is back to where this is a two to three bid league again consistently, and hopefully you can stay that way because I think it's going to be very entertaining. And, and I, you know, all goes according to plan. Wyoming's going to be very much in that mix. Yeah, and just the fact that the San Diego State at Wyoming game is on CBS, not CBS Sports Network, CBS you know, a channel that everyone with their, uh, you know, their rabbit ears can get anywhere in the country. Uh, you know, that's those two teams are supposed to be NCAA tournament teams that can get to the second weekend. So, you know, I know those are high expectations, but those are the expectations based on the rosters that those two teams have assembled. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff there, but you know, and who's going to be the, there's always a team, Ryan, who's going to be the sleeper, you know, as Utah state bounce back, you know, with second year coach, uh, you mentioned New Mexico, you know, they got, you they got guards that can score all kinds of points, you know, does year two of Tim miles in San Jose, what, what happens there? Fresno always has tough guy, you know, I don't know, you know, air force is air force. This, this league's going to be very interesting. And, uh, Tell you what, you win this league this year, whether you win the conference championship, regular season, obviously you go to Vegas and, and win the tournament. You've done something there. So let's see what happens. And, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead to March, but I'm very excited for basketball season. I think anyone that's had a chance to see Wyoming, even just in these scrimmages, whether it was in Laramie before the San Jose game or the one here in Cheyenne last weekend, you can't help but be excited about what's what Wyoming has to offer. Well, I can tell you Lobo fans are ready for basketball because they were all uh, at home or somewhere. They weren't at the football stadium. And Wyoming has 
some excitement building in football still with the potential of a good stretch run here. And obviously the basketball expectations that we mentioned are going to be sky high. So uh, looking forward to covering all that. And I really appreciate you joining me on this open date, Robert, and uh, have a great week and we'll, we'll do it again next week. Sounds great, Ryan. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, my man.